The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome back. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining us again this morning. Uh, aren't you enjoying the rain? We don't get a whole lot of it out here. On uh, the few weeks that I've lived in the area, this is our second time of rain. I guess winter they got a bunch, but so it's refreshing to have some rain, and uh, we're glad for that. And we're glad you're with us again today as we're studying through the book of Matthew, and we're walking through the life of Christ. And we just got done speaking about um, Herod and Jesus and the wise men and all the things that are generally known as the Christmas story. And now we move into, really we're jumping into the beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry. Um, and really what you have is there's an awful lot that took place. You've got Jesus, you see he's up till two. Other gospels are referenced, you know, things that took place when he was 12 and he stayed at the, uh, he stayed back from the family and he spent time in the temple teaching. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of information given to us about Jesus from the time after uh, the story of his birth and traveling and protection to the time of his life, his life on, on earth. And simply because the premise of the Gospels is predominantly to walk through the life of Christ's ministry. We know there was a three-year ministry. Um, we believe he's about 30 when he started his earthly ministry and went for three years, at the end of which, of course, he was placed, he well, really put himself upon a cross to pay for our sin, died, rose again, and then later ascended into heaven. And the Bible teaches us he's on the right hand of God interceding for us um, on our behalf. And uh, there's just a lot, we'll talk about that later. But today what I want to do is when you're studying, to me when you study the life of Christ, it's any scripture, um, you want to look at the interpretation. Okay, what does this passage mean? Um, what is the interpretation? What is Because there's only one meaning. There's only one interpretation. There's only one thing that God intended to be taught. Okay, this is the primary interpretation. But there can be a good bit of application. The application will vary based upon your current circumstances, based upon your culture, your age, all these different things. So I'm going to look at the interpretation, I mean, the history of what's going on here. And then I just want to give us some application from this because there's a great principle that I think is necessary for all of us to see here. So in Matthew chapter 3, he says in verse 1, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So let me give you a little bit of history. If you remember, if you study out the end of the Old Testament, of the Malachi, uh, there's some talk about the future, what's going to happen. Uh, we know there's prophecies throughout the Old Testament about the coming Messiah. And then there's a five, uh, four, five hundred year gap. I don't remember the exact number. I think it's a 500 year gap between Malachi and Matthew, uh, where Jesus just did not prophesy, did not speak to the children of Israel until the day that he speaks with John the Baptist's father, the priest at the time. And of course, he didn't believe it at first. And so, if remember, he, he can't speak until one day he signs out that the name of their son would be John the Baptist, or would be John. Later on, known John the Baptist. We know that this was the beginning. This was the prophecy that was coming. The one that would be the voice of the one crying in the wilderness. And so John comes, 
And he is now coming out. This is the preparation. This is, again, another level of fulfillment that Jesus is the Messiah, is who he claims to be, because John the Baptist is another example of Old Testament prophecy fulfilled in this passage. But John, if you study, you find he was a very uh, unique character, uh, quite extreme in a lot of his personality. He was known to be very hairy. He lived in the wilderness, um, unique diet, as we read, locust and wild honey. Um, very probably outgoing, very bold, as, we, as you can see through the Gospels. It ended up being the thing that he ended up losing his life as he confronted Herod. Uh, but you can see in this case that he's very bold. And so when he preached, he was passionately bold. And he came out and he talked about the idea in the passage of Forest today that he was telling people he was the one preparing for the Messiah, that he wasn't the Messiah. Many would have thought he was because of his extreme personality and his teaching. Many thought maybe John was the Messiah. And he reminded people he was preparing people for him. And so he comes out, but here is the message. And this is really, I really want to take a few minutes and talk about the message here because this is where the message is so much more than just information. Okay, John spoke, talking about Jesus coming. But the message is deeper than that because this message, I believe with all my heart, is a message that did not end right there. This was a message that came for the Messiah and is still a message we need today. So he says in verse 2, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he, referring to this being John the Baptist, we see that prophecy is, and Matthew quotes Isaiah. And they talk about his clothing. Verse 5, Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all region about, around the Jordan went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. And so John's message was to repent. And let me give you an idea. The repentance is simply the idea of changing direction. It's recognizing that the direction you're going is wrong, and it's realized, I repent, I say, okay, my direction's wrong, it's dangerous, it's whatever, and I repent, I turn around. It's really, it's really a very simplistic definition of the word repent, turn around, change direction. So as a Christian, let me just say this, as someone who has not come to Christ, as an unsafe person, someone who's seeking the truth, here's what it is. You're heading down a direction, you're looking for hope, you're looking for answers, you're looking for purpose of life, you're looking for joy, happiness. It could be a lot of things you're looking for. You're trying to figure out why you're here, why God allowed things into your life to happen. And you're seeking, and you're going after the things of the world. The world's telling you that certain lifestyles are that, or a list of sins, you're living the way you want, and you're saying, just, just be happy, be yourself, have your own truth. But the more you do that, the more you realize it's empty. The more you realize there's something missing. And so repentance is you're following a lifestyle that has left you empty, that's left you pain, that's left you guilt, it's left you all this. Repentance is you see that this wrong direction, and it's because God has opened your eyes. And so you turn from that lifestyle, and you begin to follow Jesus. And I hope we understand understand, it does not mean that we will no longer sin. That's what some people will teach, and it's not accurate. It just means we're no longer controlled by sin. I now have a choice. The unsaved world has some level of morality, but in reality, they're going to follow themselves. They don't have the Holy Spirit to give them an alternative direction. And that's what repentance does. I change, and I turn, and I turn to Jesus. Now, the story continues that the people from the surrounding areas came out to hear this extreme preacher, and when they came, they were baptized. Now, please understand, you're going to find out as you as we study the life of Christ and stuff, there's a lot of times where um, baptism and kind of salvation were put right at the same time. And so some people will tell you, well, obviously, baptism is needed for salvation. That is not the premise. Um, in those days, 
to be baptized. What you were doing, you were identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of the coming Messiah. You were identifying with Jesus, and that wasn't a serious identification. You were separating from Judaism. You were separating from the synagogue. You were establishing your position with what would become known as a political revolutionary. Uh, you are taking a position with the guy who would be controversial in many areas. And so the simple point was, if you truly believed you're saved, are you willing to stand on that? Are you willing to make a point? And the simple premise was true salvation results in some kind of change, some kind of unashamed explanation of I have accepted Jesus. And I'm not saying that anybody who gets saved has to scream and holler it you know, from the front of the auditorium. What I am saying, though, is when I get saved, there will be a change in my life and it will begin to make me unashamed about the person I'm following. So they come and they get baptized. And then when they did that, they're repenting of their sin. So the premise, the order would be they would come, they repented of their sin, they confessed their sin, they acknowledged. The word confess literally means to agree with God. God had pointed out they were wrong. They agreed with God. They turned from it, repent, and they turned to follow Jesus. And in a picture of that, they walk into the waters and get baptized. It's the same picture we do today. We believe that when somebody's seeking truth, they realize the direction they're going is wrong. They confess. They agree with God it's wrong. They repent. They turn. They go a different direction to follow Jesus. Then them, when they get saved, we say the next thing is you should be baptized. It is the picture. It's obedience. God's asked us to do it, but it's a picture. You are identifying in front of the church from whom you're getting baptized. You are telling them that you are standing with Jesus. You've decided to follow Jesus, and that picture is baptism. So I guess the simple principle we look at this is, one, has there been a time in your life when you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, when you've acknowledged, agreed with God that your direction is empty, it's hurtful, it's painful, it's wrong. You repent, you turn from it, you follow Jesus, and you put your faith in Jesus. Well, then I hope that you would take the next step of baptism. And if you're part of our local church, we'd love to help you with that. The other thing is this, confessing our sin. You know, it's interesting that confession took place at the beginning of their salvation, but that confession is something that happens a lot. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. So the confession is a consistent thing. I, got, I confessed when I first got saved, but I will continue to confess in my daily life so that I can be right with God and I can have his power on my life. And I hope that's something. Please understand, a lot of times we hear people talking about that and, well, I'm a horrible person if I have to confess. We all need to confess confess. We all sin. We all battle. First John 1, 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. So uh, all of us struggle with it, and that confession is part of our journey, getting that right, learning and growing in Jesus. And so I hope you realize that that is one of the greatest parts you can do in your journey, is learn to confess, learn to keep that close communion with God, and enjoy the power that comes with a sweet and, and a right relationship with Jesus. Well, thanks for joining us on this Wednesday morning, giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. I do greatly appreciate it. Hope it's an encouragement. Hope you stick with us as we'll have one, another one tomorrow and Friday as we continue to look to the book of Matthew. Thanks for joining us today. We'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.